1 Timothy chapter 4, last week we looked at uh, this idea of false teaching. And uh, turn this thing on here. And, and the fact that we really need to beware. We really need to watch out. We need to be careful because he says there, through this false teaching and, and, and the false teachers themselves, many, it said, would abandon the faith, follow deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And many of these men and women really would, would uh, be the channels for this false teaching. And we, we really have to be careful from, from then even till now. Passing out this teaching that's really inspired, uh, he says, by deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, inspired by uh, the enemy. And now some who would follow those false teachings, and, and Alex and I were, were talking about this, some who would follow would be true believers. They would, they would, they would uh, just be deceived by false teaching. But some are not true believers at all, and they, and they just kind of walk away. Uh, you know, it's it's very sad thing. So we need to be, watch out and not be naive is what we need to do. And again, this scripture in 2 Corinthians, he says, But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may be somehow led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. That's really what we need, our sincere and pure, simple devotion to Jesus Christ. Not, not all these weird little things that get added on, all this strange stuff that, that uh, people get into. It's following after Jesus, a simple walk with him. That's really what, what we get back to again and again and again. Today I want to talk about something different. Let me ask you the question, how do you get in shape? How do you get in shape? How do you get in shape? Exercise. Exercise, yeah. And what do we call that? Diet. We don't like that word diet, but really it's diet and exercise. Really, that, that's the two words that really, that really we get into shape with, right? We need to eat right, and we need to get to the gym, right? Isn't that true? Now, to get in shape, does, does it happen overnight? Like, there, is there a, like a magic pill or a magic um, exercise that, you know, the, the guys that sell those machines make it sound that way, though. If you, if you buy this machine, like, within, like, two days, you're going to be looking, like, so buff. You know, two days is, you know, and that's, you know, on the long side. But it doesn't happen that way, does it? It doesn't happen overnight, you know. It, it, it didn't, it wasn't overnight that we got to where we are, Right? So this idea of getting in shape, it's an important thing. That's what I want to talk about today. And, and obviously the, the uh, connection, we have physical health, but we also have, we also have spiritual health. But the same things apply, diet and exercise. Same things apply. And the same principle of consistency over the long term applies as well. Let's look at verses 6 through 8 and read those together. If you, point these, if you point these things out to the brothers, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, brought up in the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness 
has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask you to open our hearts and minds to hear what you would say to us today. In Jesus' name. Paul's writing to Timothy, and, and really he, he's training him, he's teaching him, but I think what he says to Timothy also applies to us as well. But he says to Paul, uh, Paul says to Timothy that you need to point these things out. You need to let people know, and he's just been talking about false teachers. He's, he's been talking about, you know, the, the kind of weird doctrines that were going around then. We talked last week and he, about the, some of the strange things that are even available in, around today. But he says, you know, you need to point these things out. But the truth of the matter is, is that not all do. Not all do point the things out that we need to be learning and growing in. We need all the counsel, and, and, and pretty much we, we need to know that Paul was telling Timothy, don't be silent, don't remain silent, but to preach the word, because that's where the answers are, is, is in the word. We need to keep getting back to the word, always to the word. He says later in 2 Timothy 4, he says, you know, preach the word. Be relentless. But you know, sometimes that even gets kind of repetitious about these things. Say, well, didn't, didn't you talk about that last week? Didn't you talk about that last month? Didn't you say the same thing over and over? Well, how many of you eat bread? Do you eat it more than once a month? Do you eat it more than once a week? I don't know about you. I love bread. I eat it like once a day. It gets kind of repetitious, doesn't it? Well, get a different brand. The, the point is, is, you know, we, we need these things to be strengthened. We need these things. Peter, I love what Peter, he said to his people that he was writing to in 2 Peter. He says, I'll always remind you of, the, of these things, even though you know them. And you are firmly established in the truth. They, they knew these things, but I'm going to keep saying them over and over again. He says, I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know I will soon put it aside. He knew his time was coming soon. He says, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. But he says, I, I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. How do you learn stuff? By repetition, right? By hearing them over and over again. And we say, well, I've already heard all that stuff before. I've already heard that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by him. I've heard that before. I know all that stuff. But do we really know it? And is it really like a part of who we are, the fabric of that simple, that sincere, pure devotion to Jesus Christ? He, he told Timothy, he says, you'll be a good servant if you keep bringing these things up. And then he says this. He says that you were brought up in the truths of the faith and of the good teaching. We know a little bit about Timothy. His mother and his grandmother were, had trained him in the scriptures. We know that about him. But, but Paul is talking to Timothy, and I think here we can see this idea of a diet. What kind of a diet was Timothy on? What made the difference in his life? And, and not, only, but not only for him, but for you and I as well, what kind of a diet? You see, Paul points this out to Timothy because if Timothy's not on a good diet, how can the people that he's sharing with and serving 
learn anything from him, right? You can't give what you don't have. You've heard that before. Interesting thing is this word for brought up in literally means to be nourished up. Nourished. This idea of, of a diet that's actually nourishing, that does something good for us, for you. And it's in a present tense as well, which means, which means that it's a daily thing. That it, it's not just a one-time thing. I love this passage in Jeremiah. He says this, when your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, O Lord God Almighty. Isn't that wonderful? When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. You know, that's this book that he's given to us. That's the word that he has for us. That's what he's saying is a good diet. That's what Paul is telling Timothy about that I think applies to you and I as well. That the diet that he needed, that he had, that you and I need, are two things there. The truths of the faith and the good teaching. The truths of the faith. Not all this weird, extraneous, weird stuff, but the truths of the faith. We need to know what the truths of the faith are. Can you tell me what some of the basic foundational truths of the Christian faith are? If I ask you, what, what are the, the foundational truths of the Christian faith? Historical, some say, the historical, foundational Christian faith. What would you say? Pardon? A little more specific. Born of a virgin. Yeah, Jesus. Okay, Jesus was born of a virgin. Yes. What else? That he is the son of God, right? He's not just a man. That's very, very important. Someone said that God created. God's a creator. He created all. Yeah. What else? Jesus was without sin, right? Speak for yourself. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely essential that we are sinners. We are sinners. And Jesus was not. Okay, what else? Let's get to the heart of the matter here. That he paid the price that he died on the cross. For my sin, for your sin, so that we might live. So that we might be forgiven, you see. And, 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 and you know, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. These are the basic foundational truths that, that, that our, our faith is built upon, the truths of the faith. Jude, who happened to also be a half-brother of Jesus, said these words. He said, uh, Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. To contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted or delivered to the saints. That you and I contend for this truth. I think now in, in our day, day and age we see the, the watering down of the truth. It, it's just insane what is happening. But there are people that are standing up and contending for the faith. And you and I need to contend for the truth of the faith. The second thing there is of the good teaching. You know, good teaching, good solid teaching, good biblical teaching. We need to be nourished up in that. So where do we do that? How do we do that? 
we, we have to be practical. We can talk about this stuff, but how do you and I get nourished up in the good teaching of the faith and the, these truths of the faith? Hearing of the word. And how do we do that? Where do we do that? Not just church, though, but we hear it on the radio. We can hear it on the Internet. We have so many opportunities now, but we hear so much of the voice of the world because we have so many things that, that come from there. The television, the radio, that, that you know, blasting all the, the, the doctrines of the world, if I can use that term. But do we know the, the doctrines of the true Christian faith? And unless we're listening to some kind of good teaching, and some is good and some is not so good, right? We've got to be discerning. We've got to make choices who we listen to. So that's part of this diet, again, that we're, we're talking about here, that it needs to be consistent. It needs to be long-term. You know, I, I've, I've heard people say, you know, well, I read the Bible and I'm good now. I read the Bible once. I read the whole Bible once and I'm good now. Really? Do you have like a photographic memory or something? Uh, you know, the, there are verses in, in here, and, and we looked at some verses on Wednesday night and, and that, that we've read many, many times, but as we looked at it, as we, as we dug into what he was saying there, new things began to open up as we get into the, the Word of God. This is a consistent thing, and, and, and I, you know, you can say, well, you're being repetitious now, but I talk about this over and over again because if I died tomorrow, I'd want you to remember. Well, he kept telling us that we needed to have our own devotional life. He kept telling us that we needed to be in the Word on a regular, daily basis. He kept saying all that stuff. I got tired of hearing it in the end. But that's the sincere and the pure devotion to Christ that you and I need, this simple walk with Jesus every day. And, and to build our lives, to take that diet of the Word of God into our lives every single day. Absolutely essential. You know, if you ate once a week, how would you look? Well, you might be skinny, but you'd probably look pretty sickly, too. You know what? Well, I do eat. I eat once a week. Well, if you're looking at me, you know that that's not true. I eat every day more than, more than I should. But, but this idea that, you know, we need to feed. We need to have consistency. And then notice there he says also in, in that verse, he says the, the, the good teaching that you have followed. And there's this idea of exercise. This word he says, it means to follow near. And to attain, it also means to fully know and to have understanding of this, this faith, this teaching that you have followed. You've given your life to follow what God has taught us. Is that true? Is it, is it, in other words, is it, is it being put into practice in our lives? Are we exercising it or is it, is it all just something we hear? Or, or are you like, a, you know... This is kind of, kind of interesting, but you probably can relate to this. That it, Any of you have a treadmill at your house? You know, they make the greatest clothes racks. <laughs> have you noticed that? You can just hang, you, you can just like hang 25 different pieces of clothing on there, and, and uh, it just, you can see all your clothes and everything. Isn't that amazing? 
but you don't get much use out of it, do you? Because you say, you know, I would get on the treadmill, but it's going to take me 15 minutes to get all those clothes off the treadmill. So I think I'll just, I'll just walk to the fridge and get, you know, some ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Is that true? This idea of exercise, you know, we can have what we need, we can have it, but do we do anything with it? Do we do anything with it? The next verse there, he says in verse 7, he says, Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. In other words, don't take in junk food. Don't take in garbage. Don't waste our time on fads and nonsense that, that really have no basis in God's word. I looked this up in the, in the, uh, in the dictionary, uh, Old Wives' Tales, and it says this, a common belief about something that is not based on facts and is usually false. Why waste our times on something not based on the Word of God? Why go somewhere if they're doing all this weird stuff and, and, and listening to people that, 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 that there's no biblical basis for it? Now, let me ask you the question, how will you know if there's no biblical basis for it? How will you know? How do you know? Right, by knowing what the Word says. If you don't know what the Word says, then, then uh, I've got a Brits to sell you. And, and you can just reel you in hook, line, and sinker if you have no idea. Because nobody gets up there and says, you know what? Uh, I've got this really weird doctrine I want to start teaching you. And I got it from a demon, as a matter of fact. How many people are going to get up and say that to you? They're not going to do that. They're just going to say, you know what? And they're going to use God's name. And they're going to say, God's been showing me this. And how can you argue with someone who says, God's been showing me this, right? Now, I'm not saying that we can't use that, that kind of language, but be very careful that if you use that language, it better be based, it better have some foundation in God's word. Like, you know, Larry shared with us that God was, was opening this idea, but it was based upon the word, right? The fact of the free gospel that God is offering. It's all free. So, he says, uh, don't, don't take in junk food. He says, but rather, train yourself to be godly. And that, that, that phrase just kind of stuck in my mind when I thought about these verses. Train yourself to be godly. And I'm, I'm thinking about it, and I thought, well, that would be a good title. That would be a good name for this message in this section here. And, and I began to look into it a little bit. And, and you know, do you know the word for train? Does anybody know what word that is? Do you have your Greek New Testament in front of you? No. Do you know, do you know what the word is? It's gumnazo. Gumnazo. Do you know what word we have in our English from that? Gymnasium. He said, gymnasium yourselves to be godly. Train yourself. In other words, get to the gym. I won't ask you to raise your hands, but how many have a membership at a gym but never go? You know, I think they plan it that way. They, they want to sell like hundreds of memberships, even though maybe only 100 people can get in there, because they know that most of the people will never show up. But they got your money anyways. Get to the gym. Train yourself to be godly. Do something. Do something. Do something. Get some diet, a good diet. 
be fed spiritually, but, but also get some exercise. You've got to work some of that stuff out. You've got to get involved somehow. You've got to get some kind of ongoing, long-term involvement. This repetitive nature, again, this ongoing exercise. You don't exercise once and you're all good, right? I wish it was that way, you know? I wish it really was that way. Just exercise once and you're like all set. But no, exercise that's ongoing, it's consistent, it's got to be long term. What are some of the ways that we can exercise spiritually? What do you think? What are some of the ways we can exercise spiritually? Practice. Practice. Yeah? Okay. And, and what kinds of ways? Meditation. Meditation on the Word, thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. What else? Prayer. Prayer and reading it. We've kind of talked about that in the diet that we're taking in the Word through reading and prayer. Prayer where we pray and we pray by ourselves. We pray with other people. How many times, you know, have you said, well, let's, can we pray together? That's a spiritual exercise, right? It really is. It's a spiritual exercise, and, and if we never do it, but Jesus said where two or more of you are gathered, or two or more of you agree on touching any one thing, that, that something is going to happen powerful as you pray together with somebody. It's powerful. It really is. But think about your own life. Do you, do you pray with anybody? Do you have anybody you pray with? Do you have any kind of time you pray together with someone? What else? What are the kind of exercises, spiritual exercises? Memorizing scripture. That's a great one. And that's not easy to do when you get to be my age. I try to remember, I, I try to remember the Sermon on the Mount, and there's like eight different, you know, uh, uh, beatitudes, right? And, and, and I, I memorize them, and then a month later I try to remember, and I have to go back and rememorize them again. What else? Singing worship, yeah. Yeah, that's a great one. That's a great spiritual exercise. Actually opening your mouth, letting something come out. Believe it or not, that's powerful, like uh, I read to you from that devotional. What else? Say no. Say no. Saying no to ungodliness, Titus, Titus talks about saying no, un, no to ungodliness. How about fellowship? Is that a spiritual exercise? Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. It's a spiritual exercise that, that we need to do. And it's, you know, why I went to church last year. You know, the, they call them the C&E Christians, right? You know what that is? Christmas and Easter, I went. I went to church. I'm very, I'm very exercised. Pardon? Confessing your sins. Yeah, and even to one another, again, to people that you trust and know, I think. Very important. Solid food. Yep. Serving. I was going to say that next. Serving. Some, some form of serving. You know, one of the things I loved about the yard sale was um, 
I know my wife talked about the culture of yard sales, and, uh, but what I saw was that people uh, got involved. And people got involved in different ways, right? And some people, they just gave stuff. And that was how they got involved. And, and you know, they, they had to go through their house. They had to pick out stuff and, and even give stuff. I saw people give stuff that was worth money, good money, and say, you know what, I just want to give this. And then I saw people that were here sorting it out. And, you know, I, I don't want to do that. I don't care about that. I would just throw it all out there. But it was so much better because it was sorted out seriously. People say, because when I go to yards, I look for certain kinds of things. And if they're all together, then I don't have to like wander the whole thing. And then I saw people that loved to just talk with people when they came. And people that I was even surprised, like, they, wow, look at that. Surprising. And then I saw people who could clean up, and I saw people who could serve food. And, 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 and so I saw this exercise happening, spiritual exercise. You know, it, it was just those kinds of things you can't underestimate. You say, well, I can't do much. Oh, you, you can do a lot more than you think. And you say, well, what is it that I should do? Well, you know, um, I haven't got the text yet telling me exactly what you should do. But I know that God wants you to do something. I, I got that text. So for you to say, you know, to, for me to get in shape physically or spiritually, what is it? How can I get involved somehow? What can I do? What can I, what can I help with? You say, well, well, I just want to get up and preach on Sunday. You want to take my job. Well, that's okay. And maybe God's calling you to do that, but you know what? There may be steps along the way to get there. Maybe it's repetitive stuff. How many of you remember seeing the movie uh, uh, Karate Kid? Um, well, this, this guy, his name's Daniel. He asked Mr. Miyagi, right, to teach him karate, right? You, if you haven't seen it, this young boy, this young man asks him to teach him karate. And so... Uh, the master, Miyagi, he agrees under one condition. He says this, Daniel must submit himself totally to his instruction and never question his methods. And Daniel shows up the next day eager to learn. And to his chagrin, he has him paint a fence. Miyagi uh, demonstrates the precise motion for the job. You've got to paint exactly like this. Up and down, up and down. It takes him days to finish the job. He finally finishes it. You remember that? And next, he has him scrub the deck using a prescribed stroke. You got to do it just like this, just like this. And again, it takes days. And Daniel wonders, you know, what does this have to do with karate? But he says nothing. The next, he tells Daniel to wash and wax three old cars. And again, he tells him exactly how to do it. Some of you know, I hear you saying it. Wax on, wax off, wax on. And finally, he reaches his limit. He says, you know, I thought you were going to teach me karate. But all you've done is to have me do your unwanted chores. 
And Daniel, of course, he has broken Miyagi's one condition and the old man's face, it says, pulses with anger. I have been teaching you karate. Defend yourself. He thrusts his arm at Daniel who instinctively defends himself with an arm motion exactly like that used in one of his chores. He kicks him and again he averts the kick with a motion used in his chores and after Daniel successfully defends himself, Miyagi simply walks away leaving Daniel to discover what the master had known all along, that skill comes from repeating the correct but seemingly mundane actions. The same is true of godliness. We don't know. These things that we all just talked about, we don't know what kind of impact it's going to have, but as we do it over and over and over and over again, you don't know what kind of effect it's going to have spiritually in your life until something comes up and then, wow, look at that. Some mundane duty, some mundane task is teaching you how to be faithful, how to serve, how, how God can use you where you never would have known it. Train yourself, he says. Train yourself to be godly. I had to look this up because, you know, I, this, this idea of being godly, like what does that mean? Does that mean I'm going to be like God? Well, you know, that's kind of a mistranslation of that word. The, real, the word really means this, devotion leading to action. To be godly is to be devoted to God leading to action. That's what a godliness is. It takes training. That's what he says. Train yourself. Gym, gymnasium yourself to be godly. One man said this, and he quoted someone, he said, there's no such thing as drifting into godliness. Otherwise, we'd all be there, right? Just drifting into godliness. He says, the stream of tendency is against us. We're not going to drift into godliness. He says, there must be exercise and effort. We've got to do something. We've got we to put some effort in. We've got to put some some." some you know, action into our exercising. It's not going to happen. I don't drift to the treadmill, right? I don't drift to the gym. You know, my car's on autopilot, takes me there. I don't, I don't have a gym membership. I do have a treadmill. I have to decide this is what I'm going to do. Train yourself to be godly by diet and exercise. So there's physical training, There's spiritual training. Look at verse 8. He says, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Physical training is not a bad thing. You know, we need to take care of ourselves. We do. It's important. Physical training. Diet and exercise is important. If we eat only junk food, you remember, I, I didn't get a chance to see that show about McDonald's where the guy just ate McDonald's 30 days? How many of you saw that? Supersize me, yeah. Ate, he ate junk food for 30 days straight, and guess what happened to him? He just about fell apart. And I think if he would have kept on that path, he probably, it probably would have killed him. Physical, we need to take care of this because Paul also told uh, us in 1 Corinthians 6 that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit and that we should honor God with our body. So we need to take care of these bodies to the best of our ability, that the best that we can. It's important. 
He says, but, that's important, but godliness has value for all things. You see, how many of you know what ROI is? Of course, Norman. (laughs) ROI, return on investment. We're going to get a return on our investment when we do physical exercise. There will be a return. It's it's long-term. But he's saying here that the return on investment into the godliness and training and spiritual, our spiritual lives, he says, it's going to be a far greater return on investment. It's not just going to be in this life because truthfully, the physical exercise we do is going to help us now, but is it going to help us in heaven? I don't think so. God's not going to say, man, you've really been working out, huh? You really look good. Whoa. How'd you do that? He's, you know, we're going to get new bodies, you know, and we're, and we're all going to look good, I think. <laughs> oh, man. You know, Peter, Peter said, he said, uh, you know, we've left everything to follow you, Jesus. And, and Jesus, you know, he says, you know, I tell you the truth. He says, no one who has left home or brothers, and he, he goes on this whole list of things that, that Peter had done and that people can do. He says, but you can do all those things if, you know, for me in the gospel, he says, no one will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. And he lists all those things again. And in the age to come, eternal life. So, so serving God and doing what, you know, and making these simple sacrifices that we make, and, and, and really they are simple, they're really nothing in comparison to what he's done for us. But to do that, he says, you know what, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to take care of you. Now, we don't do it to get blessed, but he, he just blesses us anyways. Way more than what we could ever do, both for now, this present life, and the life to come. Warren Wearsby said this, if we would put as much energy and enthusiasm into spiritual things as we do athletics and bodybuilding or other pursuits, how much stronger we and our churches would be. Diet and exercise, right? What happens when you have a good diet but no exercise? 2 Timothy says you can have a form of godliness but deny its power. You have a form, you look like something's going on, but, you know, the lights are on, but no one's home, you know. Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher from England, he he said this, he said, a neighbor near my study persists in practicing on the flute Listen, he's got a way with language. Listen to this. He bores my ears as with an auger (laughs) and renders it almost an impossibility to think. Up and down his scale, he runs remorselessly until even the calamity of temporary deafness would almost be welcome to me. Yet, he teaches me that I must practice if I would be perfect must exercise myself unto godliness if I would be skillful, must in fact make myself familiar with the word of God, with holy living and saintly dying. That's kind of interesting. Such practice, moreover, will be as charming 
as my neighbor's flute is intolerable. (laughs) Practice. Practice makes perfect, you know that. Serving. Exercise yourself unto godliness. Train yourself to be godly. You know, if you have a personal trainer, what's the first thing they do with you? Or if you would go, you may not have one, but if you would go to a personal trainer, what is the first thing that they would do with you? Right, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Come up with a plan, right? Well, they, he, he, he wouldn't even have to put you on the scale, really, because he'd take one look at you and he would know. He'd say, he, the first thing that they were going to do is come up with a plan. Hey, this is, this is our plan. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to, this is how we're going to get you into shape, right? Comes up with a plan. What's your plan? What's your plan? What's my plan for spiritual growth? And and do I have a plan? Do I even think about it? Again, it it takes some decision making. I have to decide. I made a decision that I was going to open up God's word every day. I made a decision that I was going to be a part of a church before I was a pastor. I made a decision. Now I have to be here. Like, you know what I mean. No, I don't have to be here. I come because I want to be here. But, but I made a decision that, that our family would pray before we ate our meals, like we talked about last time, consecrating the food by, by the word of God and prayer. You know, we make these decisions. We have a plan of what we're going to do. And then we, we put the plan into action. Make a decision. I'm going to try to eat better. I make a, I make make a decision I'm going to exercise. But if you can make one decision it should really be about the spiritual exercise, the spiritual diet in your life. So what's your plan? I want you to think about that. Finally, the last verse I want to look at is in Peter because I I don't want you to think that just for for even one moment that you're on your own in this. That you um you know, this is all striving in the flesh. I don't want you to think that because I want you to read this verse with me because look what, what Peter says. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and His, and His goodness. Is that incredible? He has given us everything we need can't say, well, there's no way I can do it. It's, not, it's, it's too far beyond me. Well, that's not what Peter is telling us here. He says that God has given us by his divine power, not by your power. Because we looked at this verse on Wednesday. Apart from Jesus, we can do how much? Nothing. Nothing. Not anything at all. Not one thing. It's very emphatic. We can't do it. But his divine, his divine power has given us everything We need for life and godliness, we need to just just ask him, God, help me, help me, show me, help me to have a plan, help me to to make a plan for my life and and diet and exercise in the spiritual things of life. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. We're just human We know the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. And and I guess we know that because you know that, because you told us that in your word. 
So we pray for that divine power in our lives that we might grow and that we might have fruit in our lives, that we might see uh, you working in our lives spiritually, God. We come before you, we confess our failures, and we also are glad about the successes that we've had. I pray for, for each one of us here, Lord, that we'd, we'd have a plan. We'd make some good decisions. And that I know you'll help us to follow through on those good decisions. What we take in, we're, we're taking in the word, the, the, the truths of the faith and the good doctrine, the good teaching that you've given to us. And we get involved, we, we, we stretch the muscles and we, we put them into action that we might be known as godly people, devoted to you with action in our lives. Help us, Lord. I pray, too, this morning for anyone here who may not know Jesus as Lord and Savior while we're praying. Maybe you're saying, I don't know anything about this. I don't know who Jesus is. I don't know uh, how to become a Christian. Well, basically, it's very simple that he died on the cross for your sins and and that he rose from the dead, and that, that you and I, we receive him, we believe, and we trust in him to, to have a new life. And he comes into our lives, and he'll come into your life, and all that you need to do is trust him and ask him in. And say, Jesus, please come in to my life. I'm a sinner. I'm, I'm lost without you. So come in and save me, and, and give me what these people are talking about today in my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and exercise our vocal cords a little bit, shall we? Can we do that?